Max, welcome to the Strong Startup Podcast. Super, super excited to have you here. Uh, Going to talk about a super interesting topic, something that's really neglected, I think, when it comes to startups, which is you know HR, human resources, staff. This is a big problem for startups, particularly when they start to grow and maybe take on investment because they've been in their little bubble and then boom, they have to suddenly hire, like mm-hmm. even a student is a big deal. Um, so before we get into that, maybe you want to just give a quick introduction, like a little tweet about who Max is so everyone gets to know you a little bit. All right. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Max. I'm a teacher, gone recruiter, gone customer success manager. And um, yeah, so after working in the Munich startup space for a few years, I've now switched perspectives and I now help organizations build winning TA and HR teams at my job at LinkedIn, but also in my own little pro bono startup consulting project. Cool. Very, very nice introduction. Thank you very much, Max. Um, so I think we'll just dive straight in. I mean, people, if you're interested, we'll put links and everything to, to Max's uh, pro bono stuff. So if you want to talk to him, he has limited amount of time, but very valuable time for helping startups. Um, but let's dive straight in. So maybe, Max, you can set the scene a little bit. Like, What is the one of the biggest problems you see with startups that you have worked for or work with uh, when it comes to staff and human resources? All right. So what's important to know is when I now talk about like HR and recruiting, I, I will kind of use these words like without a clean, um, clean distinction in between. So I might might use one or the other. Um, I think the biggest issue or one of the top issues I've seen so far is in general not having a hiring process. So as a startup and especially in like your early days, um, you will focus on like your main challenges, like who's your customer, how will you make money, how do you like monetize your product, mm. and this is all like super important, <laughs> obviously. But um, the whole recruiting topic um, gets neglected, and it's like handled on the side by team members who have like totally different jobs. So, for example, in my former roles, I used to report to the VP marketing or VP finance, and uh, who did all of this before me before I joined. Um, and yeah, this, this is like a big issue. So um, why is it an issue or what's, what's the big deal? Um, if you don't have a recruiting process, like if you don't have a defined process, what's going to happen is um, you will not have like a defined set of interviewers. Um, you will not have their roles set. So you will not know who's in charge of checking the skills, how's in charge of checking the culture topics. Uh, you will have not have defi- uh, defined set of questions. You will not have a process for like salary negotiations or for salary in general. So you will do everything like on the fly when it comes up. So your process will not be scalable. Um, that's one thing. Other thing is if you are in this position where you have to compare candidates to, to each other because you might have more than one qualified candidate for a position, which is great, but now you have to choose. So if you do not have a process, like a, like a data-driven process in place, you have no way of um, comparing them objectively, mm. which is an issue because what then happens is you, def- uh, you, um, you rate them based on gut feeling, not on data. So you will effectively end up hiring people you like, um, but this will not be something you can like, put actually like data behind which also is an issue because in the end you, you hire someone who's like super likable, 
but nobody has like talked to them about their skills. So you end up hiring a super nice engineer who does not know how to code, which is like an extreme <laughs> example. But you know, that's um, bad, right? This is like. <laughs> Not entirely sure because, you know, I used to be a teacher, but yeah, I think that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's kind of, a, I mean, this is like, as I said, it's like a constructive, like this is not an actual thing that happened, but it, it might happen. Like you, you will hire people for the wrong reasons because you did not align on a process before. So maybe you hire someone who's like a great, a great engineer, great at coding but they just don't fit your culture. They don't add to your culture. They have, might be a horrible team player. If you have not defined um, questions and interviewers and topics to cover upfront, then this will create an issue in the long run. So yeah. Also, what's gonna happen is you will have like an inconsistent candidate experience because maybe your interviews one day have like a great day and they talk about super relevant topics with the with the candidate um but the other day they might not have a good day they everything might be i don't know you know typical mondays and yeah. nothing goes right so they're in a bad mood they ask the wrong questions they don't ask any questions at all um so your interview experience uh, candidate experience will not be consistent and your ultimate goal as a company that is hiring should be to have a candidate walk away from the interview experience and say, hey, the only goal in life I have is to work for that company. Like the interview process should be tailored or should be constructed in a way that makes people want to work for your company. Like in the end, even if they get rejected, I mean, because these are like the important guys, you will end up rejecting way more people than you hire usually. But even the people you reject should be super stoked about working at uh, your your company, like because they are the ambassadors. Because people like people don't go online to talk about how great everything was. People usually go online to like certain websites to complain, and this is what you don't want to happen. So you should treat everyone in a way that makes them feel appreciated, makes them feel heard. And one thing or one key. Um, um, what's it called? Like one key topic to achieve that, to measure that, um, no, to achieve that is a consistent candidate experience, which you only get if you have a consistent and well-planned and scalable hiring process. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so that's really great, Max. Thanks for setting the scene. I mean, I also agree that having some standardized processes and doing that from the beginning is a very good um, set of behavior to have in general for all of your different areas that you're working in for the startup. But maybe you can dive a little bit into, you know, for the audience, how they could do that. So how can you set up this standardized process? I mean, we talk a lot about standardized templates for contracts, but I guess take a step back there and like, what is a standardized process for an interview, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, th that's a great question. And that this is what people like ask a lot about because creating processes and especially creating HR processes seems hard, but I mean, it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be perfect right from the start. Like the only thing you need to do is come up with a process, just, just a process, just like map out your hiring process, map out your needs, map out what you want to do map. Like if you say, okay, we need like three areas covered, like we need skills, culture and teamwork covered, then do that come up with like a fixed set of questions for these three areas and then ideally always have the same people do that and this doesn't have to be crazy sophisticated it can be like a spreadsheet um i so mean you can start with often. the minimum like kind of like lean startup just do an mvp of your process and then just build yeah. it based on experience right 
Yeah, yeah ab absolutely. Because I mean, as a startup, especially like in your early days when you're like bootstrapped or whatever, um, you you won't necessarily have the money to hire um, a dedicated HR person, even though that might be a good thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. hiring someone who does it um, is a great way to get that process. But you might not have the budget to hire a dedicated HR person. You might not have the budget to um, get an get an ATS solution, get an HR solution. Mm. Um, but you what what you can always do is just put it together, put together like an interview guideline for your interviewers, and this is a start. Because the earlier you start, the more consistent it gets, and then you can build build from. Yeah. But I think that's that's like the most important thing. Just like have a process in general, put it on the spreadsheet hand it to the interviewers and tell them, okay, please, in your interview, you have to cover these areas. And then afterwards you can talk about it because then you know that every candidate will have to talk, will have talked about company culture. Every candidate will have talked about the skill set. Every candidate will or will have been assessed for the skill set. And every candidate will have been assessed on whatever else is important, like teamwork. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really cool. I love the fact that you're just saying just have a process. <laughs> Don't just do an interview and then just John does one interview and then the next day, uh, you know, Mary does the second interview and there's just no consistency there. I mean, it makes it very difficult to make a decision, I think. Yeah, and this is this is the thing because from then you can build build stuff on top. You can, for example, also come then come up with a negotiation process, like how the salary negotiations, which are part of hiring. Um, yeah. How does that work? And then you you can you can build a super basic, just like salary structure. Like how do we want to pay people? What do we actually offer? Just like bringing consistency into, for example, your compensation mm. package is important because um, maybe some people will get money for relocation. Some people won't. Some people will get like allowance for public transportation. Some people won't. So what you really want to avoid is people getting different compensation packages just yeah. because someone um negotiates better so you also want consistency consistency and be just a simple spreadsheet which you give to your hiring managers which says this is what we offer this is what we don't offer doesn't have to be super fancy just start with a spreadsheet it's a start yeah, I think that's super, super advice because I've experienced that and seen it with companies that you know have 50 plus people and don't have mm -hmm. HR or didn't have HR. Um, and, you know, for me, that's super, super late not to be hiring a HR. I mean, uh, at that particular point, you're quite a large organ or a medium sized organization, let's say. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. I mean, it, it just sounds like transparency is the most important thing, not to have staff members saying, hey, what did you get? Did you get uh, your, uh, you know, compensation yeah. for travel for the bus? And why didn't I get it? And it's it. it it yeah it ends up i think uh, developing bad vibes and bad culture if there's not like really good transparency from the beginning which is just as you said as simple as a google sheet to begin with right yeah and that's something you have to be aware of people will talk about it like yes no matter no matter if you if you there there are young companies who used to explicitly forbid people to talk about salary yeah. But this is not the real world. Like this doesn't happen. And even if it doesn't happen, even if the, even if people don't talk about salary, there are still like platforms on the internet where you can, can compare salary information. Yeah. And if you say that, at, if you see that at your company, someone in the same position offer uh, gets like 30% more, that's not good culture. Yep. And last one, sorry. Go for it, <laughs> but go for it. Also culture, like define culture, like define 
what kind of company do you want to be? And again, this doesn't have to be like super, um, super sophisticated because I mean, defining company culture is like a, this is like a whole headcount, just like someone who does culture and who has like values, but get the basics. Like just think about what kind of culture do we want to be? What kind of company do we want to be? What do we want to offer? And this goes hand in hand, like your compensation package always kind of represents um, the culture. Like, do we, yeah. for example, in, uh, allow work from home? Do we allow public transportation allowance? Do we allow relocation, stuff like that? So it always like blends into one another, but really defining stuff and um, putting it somewhere for example, for hiring managers and interviews to refer to um, will make your life a lot easier. Yeah, I suppose that builds in then to a onboarding document and, you know, it kind of yeah. all flows in together that everyone gets on board the same way, which is, you know, it's version one, the first document you create, and then you just get better with time and try to get feedback from people that came on board. That's great. Yeah. Did you I have a quick question? Did you ever read the book? I think it's called uh, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work by the, I think the founder of Basecamp. Did you ever hear about that book? I don't think so, but judging from the title, the guy agrees with our point. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, All for right. anyone that's out there, I'll put the link in the bio as well or in the description, but it's a, yeah, it's a super cool book about Basecamp who are pretty much hundred uh, percent bootstraps and have grown mm. into like a, a really big company. They have a list of bootstrap companies on their website as well that they support because they're very anti kind of VC uh, funding, but they, they talk a lot about what you just said, which is like, you know, what their values are, the processes that work for them, et cetera. And I think this is a nice little addition for, for some people, but everything you said, cool, great. You mentioned a really important point there, which is, which is culture. And, you know, sometimes mm. people can get this, you know, for example, I have a friend of mine who's head of culture, culture and diversity uh, at Siemens, for example. And, you know, mm -hmm. it sounds like you need to be at that level to be able to do something with culture, but probably it's as simple as just having a conversation about what values are important for founder number one, for founder number two, for founder number three, and whoever else is joining and making sure there's alignment there. Um, but could you talk a little bit about how, the, first of all, the importance of culture in the interviewing process? And if, is, there, is there anything you need to consider about culture uh, for your startup when you're hiring someone? Is there like different ways in which you can go with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously like hiring a head of culture and diversity is like next level. But, yeah. if, but I think if you can do, like if you can do up, that, right? probably, yeah, it's like then you're, let's call, it, let's call it like super late stage startup. But no, this is like a great, great thing to do. So um, I mean, having someone who does it, but let's let's like scale it down a little bit so as a startup yeah. um especially when you're hiring um as i said you want to talk to your candidates about culture and a lot of this will be for example the founder founders getting together and as as we just said just get together and say okay what's important to us like what's our vision what's our mission but also mm -hmm. what are our company values um but then what you also need to consider is what do you hire for? Because um, and this is like an ongoing debate in the HR and TA world, culture fit versus culture, culture ad. Could you define, so sorry, you, briefly TA, sorry? Uh, talent acquisition. So TA okay. is like talent acquisition. Um, yeah, so sorry. It's like basically talent acquisition recruiting is kind of like interchangeable it's like a, it's like a fancy I, I, fancy word for hr max come on yeah it's like <laughs> it's the same as like people operations instead of hr and i will talk yeah. in 
this is also another topic but um yeah so sorry if i, if I no no, I no just for the audience but actually for me as well talent acquisition wasn't in my head but thank you for for defining it. it's cool um so yeah so what you want to do is you want to distinguish between culture culture fit and culture ad so what's important to you because culture fit would mean you have a defined set of values and now this person needs to fit in culture ad is that person can bring some something additional to the table and i think this is especially important in i mean this is always important especially in the early days but then also as your company continues to grow mm. um you want to bring more points of view to the company because especially in the beginning you will hire from your network you will know you will recruit people who you worked with in the past who you went to, to university with things like that and this is great obviously i mean these are apparently people who you know you, you know how they work you know how they think you know that you can work with them but there's this similarity bias so we tend to connect with people who are similar to us um, and this will create then like a biased view on everything because you will uh, if we work together and we we have referred each other to the company, then I will look at a problem in a certain way, but you will look at a problem in the same way. Hmm. And this will then super heavily limit the amount of solutions we can come up with. So what you want to do instead is you want to hire people who maybe agree with you on like, I don't know, 60, 70% of things, <laughs> but disagree with you on, on the other 30, because you want, you want them to look at a problem from a different angle. You it's want them to partner, come up right? with... Yeah, absolutely. You want people who challenge like the status quo and in, in a meaningful way, obviously, like you don't want to hire someone who disagrees with like everything you say, because um, this would not uh, be a culture ad. It's not, not productive. Like, that is not productive. Um, but you want people who will challenge the way you are doing things at your company. You want to, people to bring like a fresh view to the table. Like the worst thing um, in no matter which company, but especially in startups, is that when people say, okay, we've always done it this way, we will not change that. God, it's the worst thing ever, right? That's, that's the thing. Like, this is like something people always say about like old school, like big German corporate companies. If, yeah. And there it's already bad enough. If it happens in a startup, this is like the coffin nail. Like yeah. if, if, if your startup ever gets into, or if your company ever gets into this mode where people say, okay, we've always done it this way. We're not going to change it. You hired the wrong people. You want people to like challenge that. And they can also challenge the process without changing it because maybe they challenge it and then you come to the conclusion, no, this is actually the best way of doing things, which is perfectly fine, but they force you to think about solutions and they force you to rethink your current approach. And this is like the thing with like culture ad versus culture fit, because I mean, it's a fine line, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's hard, like where does the one thing stop? Where does the other thing start? But really in your decision-making process in your hiring process try to find out where people disagree with you and how you can use that to your advantage and don't cast out people like don't reject people because they don't agree with you because mm -hmm. these are probably the people who will teach you a little bit about um, how things are done at your company and if this is really the best way to do that
Hmm. I suppose this is the concept of surrounding yourself or hiring people that are better than you at X, Y, and Z, right? That you recognize your own strengths and you can hire people that are, say, the absolute experts in marketing or operations or whatever. So it's along the same lines. I know it's not exactly the same mm -hmm. thing, but mm -hmm. it means that you have a concept of how your company should be run, but they have their own perspective, which may differ. Um, and that's actually, that's a, as you said, a culture ad. If, if everything else fits, then this is a culture ad where you can have someone mm -hmm. that is more experienced than you who can potentially go back and forth with you mm -hmm. to be able to give you that little bit of a uh, tension, but like in, in a good way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So as, as you, as you already said, I would differentiate between bring in people who are better than you and bring in people who are different from you, because you right. should always hire people that are better than you. Mm -hmm. um, because if you're hiring a marketing person, then get someone who's better at marketing than yourself, obviously, yeah. and then also get out of their way. Same goes for HR. Yeah. Um, hire someone who has like more, who, who knows more about that, and then just let them do. Um, the other thing is when I talk, when I say, when I talk about culture at, it doesn't necessarily have to be skills wise. I mean, the skill set should always add to what you already have in the company, but also mm -hmm hire people from different from different backgrounds so don't so hire people from like different um, walks of life which sounds like super philosophical hire people who have a different educational background a different uh, social background don't just hire people that fit your bubble like hire people yeah. i don't know if, if you always recruit from a certain university because you know that I don't know, Technical University in Munich is the best, which um, it is. It is but the best in Europe, right? Hire... Is the... <laughs> I th yeah, I think the, the I think uh, that, that was that was an article about that just yesterday. But yeah. anyway, it is it is actually the best in Europe. But if you only hire people from that specific university, you will close your eyes and close your company to views from people who might bring like a completely different skill set and diff yeah. completely different worldview and approach of problems to the table. So you always do stuff in the same way and again, in the same way and again, and again, and again. And yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. It's the definition of insanity, as they say, yeah, right? doing, doing the, the same, same thing. thing over and over again and expecting different results. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but that's a really nice addition because I've heard a lot about culture fit, right? Like, you know, you can find an amazing engineer or an amazing, amazing COO, but in the end of the day, they have to fit your team. But I suppose it works both ways because maybe it's not just a fit of them to you, but also what can they add uh, to the whole culture and the environment of the, the people that work at that startup. So it's a really, really good point. Um, and I also feel as well that, you know, potentially for some startups that are becoming more senior, uh, maybe a, a person who has more experience, who's been around the block a little bit, it would be the perfect person to come in and take in a COO, COO role or something like that to be able to really grow the sales team, for example, or to really help the company scale in terms of operations and processes. Um, and sometimes having someone who doesn't have that experience, that's probably like maybe sometimes it's not the right thing. So like you said, avoiding those biases and looking for who is the best person that's going to help to get you to where your vision is, is I think super, super important. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so, I mean, to finish things up, we're, we're launching a startup toolkit. Um, mm -hmm. And I love to ask all my guests for potential free or non-free tools, something that you think is essential 
for this topic that we're discussing today, which is which is human resources. I, I do know of HubSpot. I don't know. I'd love to get your perspective on that. If that's a good free opportunity for people to start with the application processes and stuff. But I think you know maybe I can ask you explicitly. What are your recommendations for startups when it comes to HR? Just a few things that are like it could be a book, it could be a free resource, uh, it could be someone to follow online. But uh, do you have any recommendations maybe for the audience about uh, HR resources? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, let's see. I think people you should follow online who have like a lot of relevant things to say about HR and recruiting are um, Jan Texe and Daniel Mühlbauer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we will put the links uh, to their profiles in the yeah, description as well. Um, because these the guys talk a lot how to make um, HR and recruiting measurable, like how to have a data-driven approach to mm. HR and uh, recruiting, which I think is like super valuable because it helps you put your resources where they belong. Um, that's one thing. Then a book I, I actually read when I started my career in recruiting is Work Rules by Laszlo Bock. I think by now this is probably like the, something like a lot of HR people have read already. And they will be like, okay, guy, why, like Max, why are you recommending this book again? But it's just, it's just really good. Like to get for, for those people who don't know, like Laszlo Bock is the former, I think, VP People Operations at Google. Um, also, not VP HR, VP People Operations, because they <laughs> said, okay, human resource is something, something cold. Something sounds like a farm, really, right? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. And like people operations is something we don't work with resources, we work with people. So this is how this all started. And he talks about like how they built this organization, how they do or how they did recruiting um, and HR at Google at his time. Hmm. It's just really cool. And I mean, obviously, like, if you're listening uh, here, you're not Google yet. But there's like, a there's like a lot to learn from these guys, like they have, you know, they, they just have, did like great stuff. Um, so yeah, then obviously for when it comes to ATS, and I think you meant, uh, you 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 mentioned HubSpot. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. I think the most important part is get something like do something have some kind of process and have some kind of tool It can be it can be HubSpot for recruiting. It can be, uh, as I said, it can be a spreadsheet. And in my mm-hmm. first company where I worked, we did, um, we did the whole um, vacation management with like one big spreadsheet, which is fine. I mean, you can do it this way. Um, important thing is get some kind of process and um, get that done. If you can afford it, go for an ATS that um, helps you scale as in an ATS that like an applicant tracking system mm-hmm. that integrates with different platforms and helps you save time when you're recruiting there. And I mean, obviously being a music uh, Munich resident, being someone who lives in Munich and uh, lives in the Munich startup ecosphere, I have to mention Personio because After I mean, it's, it's like the a, new, the new European unicorn, new European unicorn. Also, I think they just moved to, to Dublin and somewhere in Portugal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an HR system uh, from Munich, which helps you just do a lot of stuff. So it helps you recruiting. They, they, they do recruiting. They do uh, the HR administration. They also do mm. payroll, which let's be honest, is a pain. Yeah. Um, so that might also be a great, um, great place to start or great ATS to start from. 
and it's specifically small to medium enterprises, right? That's their specific market. So yeah. kind of perfect. Yeah. And I think, and they host like, a, I mean, not, not going to go like on, go on a Prestonia advertising to, to here, but they do a lot of events, especially in Munich where they connect people, share best practices. So I personally, I really liked working with it. So That's cool. um, heavily recommend. But yeah, just get any kind of ATS. Just get a process. Stop doing I don't know. Don't 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 do paper. If it, if, yeah. if your process involves paper, don't don't do it. Or multiple Google Docs. Don't do that one, either. Yeah, right. Have just like have one, have a one file. <laughs> one thing and take it from there. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like the, the last one is if anyone wants, uh, if anyone needs a sparring partner, I'm always happy to chat. Um, also, um, yeah, either via my website or just connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm super happy to act as like a sparring partner for for your ideas. So this is also one important advice I would give everyone. Just ask for help because there are so many people who have done that stuff before. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent the, the wheel when it comes to HR. Like when it comes to your product, you absolutely have to. <laughs> but like when definition it comes to, of innovation. Yeah. yeah, come on. Like yeah, but you don't if, if your if your product does not involve HR and recruiting, then don't innovate there. Just like do something. For now that has worked for others in the past learn from them um, because really try and error is fine when it comes to recruiting and hr i mean you're dealing with real people hmm. so treat them with respect so you want like a positive candidate experience you want people to feel appreciated no matter if it's the people already working for you or yeah. not or not but really you have to nail this Cool, Max, that's amazing. That's really a nice list of resources that we're going to put in the description so people can get a link to the books and to the accounts that you mentioned of people that are discussing this kind of stuff about HR and tips online um, and um, also to maybe uh, HubSpot and a few other ATS as well, maybe even Personio where you can check it out. But um, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for, for joining on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again because uh, we'll use this as a, as a little test to see what the audience uh, maybe is even missing, you know, other topics within HR that they want to talk about or people management, whatever, what did you call it uh, from Google? Or people, people operations, people operations, or I mean, talking about like culture, culture, where people disagree with what, uh, with I just, yeah. where people disagree with what I just said. Um, that's also fine. I could take it. Cool. No, it's good. We'll, we'll do this as a little test and just see uh, what exactly, uh, what outstanding questions there are. You know, I think it's good to do a shorter podcast. It's a really good format. Um, so let's uh, see what the response is. And then we'll definitely have you, have you on again to maybe talk to some of our uh, some of our audience. But um, yeah, for anyone that's interested, I'm going to put the link for, um, for Max's uh, pro bono website where you can contact him. And if you're so lucky, you'll have access to Max as a potential coach to help you in your HR or uh, people operations uh, situation. Cool. Great. Max, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure being here. Cool.